Keegan is a little ball of fire, and the fire comes out the top of her head with her red hair. She just loves life. She was barely a year old, and each night she would wake up and she would be screaming in pain. So I would ask her, what is wrong? And all she would do is just pat her leg. And after six months, and it was 18 doctor's visits, um, she was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia. The main thing that I wanted to know was, is this cancer curable? And is she gonna survive? Keegan, in the very beginning, she was weak, she was tired, she was sick of feeling the pain that she was feeling. It's awful to see a child go through it. I remember when Keegan had been through four weeks of treatment. Keegan's oncologist told us that any adult would have already given up, but Keegan hadn't. She just fought right through it. When you're given a childhood cancer diagnosis, hope is lacking. Oh. But coming to St. Jude, they were my foundation for getting my hope back and knowing that Keegan was going to be okay. Seeing the transformation of Keegan over the last two years has been such a joy to see from the very beginning where she was pushing around a little stroller with her fluids in it. (laughs) Now she is the child that's running the halls laughing and just having a blast. She puts a smile on and As long as she's got her princess shoes or her princess dress, she can face the world and show everybody else what true strength is. Welcome to Geocache Talk Network's 7th Annual Podcast of Hope. Once again, we are raising funds for St. Jude Children's Hospital. Our goal is to raise $12,000, and we can only do that with your help to reach our goal. Please visit the website, podcastofhope.com, and donate. Now, let's join our hosts of the Geocache Talk Network's Podcast of Hope. All right. This hour, we've got Arted Crafted again. Thank you, Arted Crafted. A t-shirt every hour. Artedcrafted.com. Thank you, Sean and crew, uh, for giving away uh, shirts uh, every hour. So that's been awesome. Um, so if you give during this hour, again, I want to mention, then uh, you will be entered for uh, the giveaways for this hour. And we've got quite a few. Uh, let me mention the next one, which is Cashly. Cashly is giving away a t-shirt every even hour. And this is an even hour. It's 10 o'clock. I can't believe it. 
Can you believe it, Jesse? If we're at 10 o'clock. It's not 10 away. o'clock where I am. So. No, it is. It's 11 o'clock your time. I know. Right. They gave away 4 p.m., 4, 6, uh, 8, and 10. And uh, Scrabble Hounds is giving away their other gift pack this hour, gift pack number two. So that is really uh, awesome. There's the look of it. It's uh, a really cool box with a ton of swag in there. So um, thank you, Barb, it's, uh, who's AKA Scrabble Hounds uh, for uh, your giveaways. So that is awesome. And our guests are going to be giving away something. So I'm going to let them mention first, let me introduce them. So we've got uh, Matthew Schwartz. Uh, and Aaron Sprinkle. So thanks. There's Matt. There's Aaron. Hey, y'all. Hey. And uh, hey. along for the ride are my twin boys, Caleb and Josh. Um, so there they are. So, hey, guys. What's up? What's up? You're with us. Hey. Um, so uh, uh, Matt sent me a note today. He says, I'm going to be giving away uh, one of my vinyls, uh, Everest, correct? Cool. And then uh, Aaron's going to give away um, uh, one is which one do you which one, Aaron? Decision. Oh, certainty. That's what I meant. Close enough. <laughs> That's exactly what I meant. Yep. <laughs> certainty. I was thinking so. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for for giving those away. Uh, and of uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being with us tonight. Um, Many of the questions tonight are going to come from these two guys below me because, um, as they'll tell you, uh, your music uh, has um, been in lives and uh, uh, it's been um, been really great. Uh, and um, let me let me mention though from the, off the top before we get into all the questions is that um, I was introduced to to matthew oh we get an update too cool oh 65 all right awesome 65 83 76 75 that's awesome um so uh i talked to uh, a mutual friend of ours me, me and matthew mutual friend uh john graham and i said hey who would be great to have come on uh for podcast hope and he mentions uh he mentioned matthew and so uh, I looked you know, who Matthew was. We don't, we didn't know each other at the time. And uh, I thought, Oh, he has a podcast. I was like, cool. And let me tell you, I love moon traveling podcast. He does it with Aaron. And I was like, Oh, wow. This is really cool. Uh, and so uh, that's how we kind of got started on this. So uh, uh, I noticed you guys just put out a new, new episode. Yeah. Uh, and so very excited to, uh, I was like, oh yeah, we got a new episode. So, uh, Finally. uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's really fun. I, uh, I have binge listened to all of it and love all of it. I actually listened to quite a bit. I was in Oklahoma, uh, doing a bunch of caching and traveling and, uh, I did, I listened to every hour and, uh, I was in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma or somewhere, and I was listening to the poor old Lou uh, podcast. Well, you know what I mean? The, the, the podcast that was about poor old Lou and uh, just was loving it. So anyway. Oh, thank you. All right. Yeah. So um, 
let's uh i guess backtrack a little bit so uh how did you guys how'd you guys meet tell the audience about uh, i know that there was a connection with uh aaron's brother right matt was that that yeah that would be correct i'm <laughs> I want to make a joke and be like, we've never met. We just do this. Uh, but <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. I met Jesse first. Uh, he come through Atlanta and played a show. Uh, and I believe my band opened for him and we mm. became friends. And um, yeah, he would just send me stuff, you know, pictures in the mail or, you know, we would talk um, through emails and stuff. And uh, I, I guess it was when I did, the album that Jesse played drums on that he suggested that Aaron mix it. And that's, I guess probably I, I would assume Aaron when you maybe first right. heard my name. Yeah. And then from there, we just kind of were always really close. I, I think the first time I met Aaron uh, was actually at Cornerstone when I got Jesse, let me stand on stage. And then again, when I toured with the almost and, um, and uh, Aaron had come to the show cause he produced the record and stuff but um very cool yeah did i miss anything i don't think so i mean that's how we met but yeah we connected really through your music you reaching out to me about working with you on it is how we really started to be yeah acquaintances you know yeah we were it's following each other on instagram and would comment back and forth or have like little small interactions and then uh i was coming to nashville to uh, record something and I wanted to work with you and then we met up and yep. it was just magic. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Uh, so we're going to kind of go, kind of go around the room and um, ask questions. I'm going to let the, let, let, let my twins uh, get, uh, get cranking on this. So I don't know which one of y'all want to start. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you guys hear me? All right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Good, good, good. I'm actually in uh, Macon, Georgia. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, it's a little bit south of you, and it's we're an hour in the future as well. So um, we've been drinking some coffee. <laughs> uh, Thanks hey, for being um, <laughs> Yeah, Aaron, you produced a lot of um, albums that were kind of the soundtrack of our teenage years, and as we got older, what what not uh, to make you feel I, old? Yeah, not to make you feel. <laughs> what and of the albums you I produced, do that on my there, own? Yeah. <laughs> what's the what's the one you're proudest of without making you pick favorites i mean obviously you've done a, a tremendous number um which one are you kind of the proudest of, of getting out the door and the final product you're specifically making me pick favorites i am that's true <laughs> um specifically that's funny that that's a really I would just question. one you're proud of maybe not the proudest. well i mean yeah it's hard to know what you know because I've done a, a ton of records, you know, somewhere around two or 300 albums. And, um, there's different albums that are special to me for different reasons. Um, you know, I could pick some of the ones that I think were important to my career and they would also be some of my favorites, like, you know, uh, Anne Berlin cities or acceptance phantoms or, uh, Pedro the Lion Control or um, stuff like that. Of course, now I'm kind of blanking on a lot. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's some albums that are special to me 
because I can still listen to them as a fan. You know, I can I right. can appreciate them, um, and not, you know, some 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 things you work on, you get so close to them that you, at least you go through a period where you are, you know, you're like, if I ever have to hear this again, <laughs> um, and then there's some that you just are sort of in awe of how they happened. Um, right. And those uh, records that I just mentioned are some of those for sure. And, and there's more. So if, you know, yeah. I'm not intentionally leaving anybody out. <laughs> no, no, of course not. <laughs> and then um, kind of just a follow up to that one, you know, obviously, like you said, you've done a ton of them. Are there any, are there any bands or, or artists who you would love, who, who don't record anymore, don't, don't tour anymore. He would love to make one more, one last album for. Is there any oh, band gosh, you wish would hit the studio question. again? Well, I mean, that kind of happened for me with Acceptance because you know they were. We just did you know one full length album in two thousand five, and then, um, they you know t ten years later they decided to start making music again. So we've made two full lengths, and now I'm performing live with them and stuff. And they're definitely like at the top of the list for me um as far as i don't know how to like the chemistry and and the pride that goes into what we do it's just really natural and um but you know there's a, there's a record i talk about a lot whenever people ask me what my favorite records are i i like to bring up this um this album by this band called Jonesetta, and they only did two full-length albums, and I did their second full-length album. It's called Cruel to Be Young, and it's a really special record to me. I, um, it just it just was magical, and, and I I just still love it to this day. And it's definitely one of those that I when I listen to it, I kind of can't believe that I was a part of it. And it's not a popular record at all. It was such a departure from their first album, which was very popular, that it kind of fell through the cracks and i would love to see that group of guys make music together again it was... it's it's funny that you mentioned that because as josh and i were talking about um questions and we brought this question up josh mentioned jonesetta that was one of the bands that he was <laughs> wow, like man i would cool. love to see another album out of them crazy well and and not to be the guy that goes hey what about this album but when i was in college i drove about 45 minutes to school and uh, I would listen to the question because mm -hmm. it was just yeah. about the perfect length for that. I think it was a little oh, over 40 sweet. minutes. And so I would listen to it at least on the way to school, sometimes on the way back, just, you know, the whole way through. Um, is there any kind of thoughts or feelings when you think about the question that come up? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just another one of those that I can listen to completely as a fan still and um i'm just so proud of it and so like grateful to have been a part of it and you know those guys ended up becoming some of my closest friends you know family uh you know and matt um you know carter from that band was my engineer for over three years like we worked mm. on everything i did for over three years um and that record yeah that record was so cool because they came in with such a crazy and distinct personality to their music and the sound that uh these songs were 
I definitely felt sort of out of my element, which sometimes is a really good thing for me because um, it allows me to just sort of explore. There's no limits to what we can explore because I'm not right. trying to keep it in this kind of box that of uh, expectations that can sometimes be put on a, a, a project. And Matt's just so talented. And I think he, you know, he was able to sort of recognize quickly where I could really, um, you know, make a mark on that record and really encouraged me to be kind of, unfiltered if that makes right. sense um the the best records are always the ones where everyone feels like they're part of the band kind of you know what i mean like you there's no um ego in the room and there's mm -hmm. no uh no bad idea and it doesn't matter right. who has it and uh that's one of those records that uh was like that and I feel like it, that record is sort of a masterpiece, to be honest. And I feel weird saying that because I produced it, but um, I give them the credit for that. I mean, it really is Absolutely. an incredible record. It's one yeah. of my favorites. In the 10th anniversary, they came back around and played the whole album. We went, Caleb and I went to that show in Fort Worth where they played oh, it straight through. And yeah. then they, they did an encore of Walls, of course. Because everybody wanted to hear that, and they then that they was didn't want to play it though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they played everything off the question. It was one of my favorite concerts I'd ever been to. I, I absolutely love that album. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, thank you. That's awesome. Hey Matthew, um, you know, talk to us a little bit about you know, in looking at your music and the folks that you've worked with. You worked with kind of a diverse group of people, but a lot of people who also you know were big influences on on Josh and I growing up. What? How do you get to, to you know, what, what led you to work with some of the people that you've worked with? And, and, and are they folks who influenced you, influenced you earlier in your career? Or are they just people that you've met? So talk to me about kind of the, the group of people who, who, um, who you record music with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think that anyone that's ever been in a band understands the uh, challenges of trying to keep that nuclear group going. And uh, I kind of got to a point where, um, especially with drummers, when we first started Pacifico, like the, we just could not keep someone in that position. And then, you know, and then someone else has a responsibility, they have to leave. And then you got to get someone else. And it's always like, got to change your bio, you got to change your photos, you know, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it came a point where uh, the, the band of Pacifico, broke up and they gave me the name and um and uh, the merch and the, the the music and all that kind of stuff and um <clears throat> at first i didn't know what to do with it but then i had this label out of uh, portland contact me and wanted me to keep it going so i i kept it going and um and i think i just decided at that point that i wanted to do more of a collective kind of thing and and um and I'd leave it open where anybody could be a part of it. And that's kind of how I run now. Like uh, I've, I've worked with some amazing visual artists and some amazing uh, instrumentalists and some amazing singers. And some of them are people that you might be talking about, like Jason Martin from Starflyer. He produced my first uh, full length. And that was really just because the label I was on, um, he's like, who do you want to produce your record? You know, like just, 
throw out names and I can either see if we can get them or if maybe, you know, we can find somebody that would be, you know, um, similar. And uh, I have always been a huge Starflyer fan. And so he uh, had someone else that was on his label that had previously worked with Jason. And so he hooked me up with that. And then, um, yeah, I mean, uh, so I've had some people like that as well as some people that you wouldn't know that are just really, really talented. The guy that does all my artwork, his name is Trey Wadsworth, and he worked for Adult Swim, and now he works for MailChimp. And he's one of the best graphic designers and, and artists that I have, uh, that I know personally and definitely have ever worked with. And um, But, you know, uh, Jesse playing on my second full length was just because I was a huge Poor Lou fan growing up, and Jesse is, and Aaron will agree, is probably one of the best drummers that exists mm-hmm. in humanity. And then um, the next album I put out, Everest, I had uh, Ronnie Martin play. And that was really, honestly, when Pacifico started, Ronnie managed us for a bit. He We played a show with him at the same venue where I met Jesse. So thank God for that venue existing. Um, and mm-hmm. um, he liked our music and, and told me to, that he was interested in uh, managing us and maybe even recording us. And at the time, the idea of him producing us was like, no thanks, because I didn't want any synthesizer or dancey kind of things or stuff. Um, <laughs> but um, but then when it came around to me doing the album, I did work with him. I That's exactly what I wanted to do. And he was the first person who came to my mind. So I contacted him and he was totally down to do that. And then since then, I mean, uh, I've done other things too, like live. I'll have different people play with me than, than it's on the album. Some of that's necessity and some of it's, you know, just because uh, I'm I'm very lucky to know lots of really, really talented people. Um, the guy that is my right-hand man, CJ, he is one of the most talented people I know. He can play any instrument, plays by ear, can sing great, and is a, a great engineer and, and producer too. So uh, I just, I think a lot of it's luck. Um but also uh, kind of to go the how Aaron and I met. I mean, you the worst thing it can do is get a no, you know, but you can always yeah. message someone and see if they respond or connect. And I've been lucky enough that the people that uh, I or management or labels have reached out to like what I do. So I'm very lucky in that. I mean, the other things too, like my first full length that J- Jason did, the bass player is Steven uh, Dial, uh, that yeah. played Project 86 and the drummer was mm-hmm. uh, Sam West from Stavesaker. And I didn't know those guys. It was just that he did. And he's like, here, let me get these guys. So I had like the tooth and nail, tooth and nail uh, best of. Yeah, right. you just put together tooth and nail super bands. Yeah, really? <laughs> uh, we're visiting that, with. Matt. That's awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Those guys. <laughs> we're visiting with the uh, Moon Traveling Podcast, uh, Matthew Schwartz and Aaron Sprinkle. And uh, if you have any questions in the chat room for for them, put them in. Uh, if you have any, uh, I'm sure they would love to answer any questions about how you produce an album or we, I can't get into all the detail, but if you have some specific questions uh, about uh, that or um, about their, their podcast, uh, like I said, I've, I've been binge listened to all of them and uh, love the stories. Um, and uh, I had uh, one that I, I wanted to see if, um, if Aaron, you could kind of comment for folks that haven't listened to the podcast yet. Uh, but um, 
you were at the the compound was in up in Seattle mm-hmm. uh, for for many years, and I, I love the uh, the podcast about um, all of your experiences uh, being uh, being there. But um, kind of explain to folks uh, th- there was a there was a weird situation, I, and it's really uh, I found it fascinating to to hear about uh, what you had to go through to to deal with this problem you were doing uh, i forget which which demon hunter album we're all huge demon hunter fans but do you remember which demon hunter album it happened to be where you had this problem in the where you had this hum you're like oh yeah where's where is this hum coming from and why is it in the middle what was the do you remember what do you remember which which demon hunter album that was? was the second album okay I think it would have had to have been the second one. Yeah, I was trying to explain to Caleb because he was asking me, like, "What was? What's the? What's this note here about?" And I was like, "Aaron can explain it better than I can." But there was this weird hum that you had to try to figure out. Yeah. So this, I mean, <laughs> that that was, I mean, that was the first time we ran into it being such a problem that we had i had to actually move my control room out of the control room into we had a we had a smaller a b control room at the other end of the of the studio that we right. weren't actually even using yet cuz we had it had been not that long since we'd moved into the space we had to up and move everything into there cuz it was so bad right. it was it sounded like i mean if you're an electric guitar player you've had hum you know ground loops or rf or something come through um right and you know usually you can like turn your body until it goes away and you kind of have to hold still and record it well this was a similar sound but it was so loud that you could hear it like over the drums and bass and the guitars and everything like it, it and and I think the reason that it came up with Demon Hunter is because of how high gain the guitar tones were that we were doing. Right. Um, so it was just accentuating it. And it was something that, you know, we had moved into that space and didn't really know about it. Um, it it was uh, it was years later that we even fixed it. Um, wow. Because we had, I want to say we had two different companies come out and look at it. Or at least, maybe more. Um, I think we at first we just tried to hire an electrician or you know somebody to come out and figure out what it was. If it was a ground loop, right. obviously is what you look at first. But anyway, it, it's kind of boring if I get into too much detail. But um, somebody brought up to me that it might be um, an EMF, an electromagnetic field, right. being gen- generated in, in, in <laughs> ghost. Like, okay. <laughs> And so we had this one guy come out. I, th- I feel like he was from Florida, maybe, and do a map, an electromagnetic map of the entire space. Um, and he found basically right under the console in the main room um, a extremely high amount of electromagnetic uh, field. Like right. I mean, way, way above normal. Like, in some countries, it would actually be illegal. Uh, <laughs> Good lord! Yeah, like 
by a lot. And that was right where we were having all these problems. So Right. Anyway, that guy wouldn't actually help us fix it, though. He just did the map. And then we found this other guy who came out and look. he looked at the blueprints of the studio and he looked at the map. And you got to understand, this is years later. And it, it was still bad in the other room, but not bad enough to not make a record. Right. It was so bad in this one in the big main room, you know, big main control room. We had an SSL right. in there and everything. You know, we had a half a million dollar console in there and everything. And uh, so he was like, I think what's happening is somehow in the middle of the street, you know, this studio was almost in downtown Seattle. It was just up the hill from literally like you could walk to Pike Place Market in a few minutes from this right. studio. And um, he's like, somehow in the middle of the street, I my theory is 220 is hitting your water pipes. Wow. And it's building up under your console and creating this massive electromagnet under your console. Insane. And he and he, he came over in, in the front lobby. There was just this doorway, and it's, con it's a concrete floor with carpet over it. And he's like... I think if you were to cut the concrete right here, and the, the space was, that he mentioned was about this big. Right. And if you cut out a piece of the pipe and replaced it with PVC, um, it'll go away. Insane. And um, we had a guy come out and cut the concrete, and we did exactly what he said, and it went away. Wow. And it, it, but it was, I think it was four and a half years. Wow. With it. And I'd gotten to the point where, you know, like I was sure that we were never going to fix it. Like there's no way. Because right. we'd had so many people come out. Some people thought it was this. Some people thought it was that. And um, again, it might be the most boring story you've ever heard to some people, but it was. No. It was one of those things where you're just like, wait, what? That fixed it? And it was <laughs> gone. Like, and right. I mean. I bought a $350 Gauss meter to measure electromagnetic fields. And wow. I went over to that spot and it was, there was nothing. So wow. it was pretty cool. That is cool. No, that's Did that ignite your PSD, PTSD? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fixing yeah. those yeah. kinds of problems. Yeah, that's wild. So, uh, so definitely check out the stories. Uh, there's more on uh, moon traveling. Uh, so definitely it just gives you a little taste of some of the great stories that these, these two guys have told. So there you go. <laughs> now, both of you guys are making music obviously in, in 2022. And I imagine the industry has changed a good bit um, <laughs> since y'all started doing it. Um, what it, I'd love to hear both from both of you just, you know, have what's been maybe a positive, you know, have there been any positive changes, particularly for artists or people involved in the business and, and what's maybe kind of on the horizon, um, particularly for the people who are making music because consuming music has never been easier than it is now. But um, I imagine it's, it's maybe more challenging to, to make it or at least get it, get it in front of people. Yeah. I mean that, that's like a whole episode of a podcast really. But, um, <laughs> right. It, yeah. I really think, you know, it the, the the huge shift that's occurred since really kind of about the mid or mid to late two thousands, um, that w that just absolutely disrupted everything in the music industry. Um, the entire traditional revenue stream 
uh, shifted from one thing to another, you know, and it happened almost instantaneously. And, my, you know, my business model, my revenue stream was based completely on the sale of music and um, that the bottom just fell out of that, you know, um, before all this happened, you know, it was this very old school structure that still, you know, there was still verbiage in a lot of these contracts from the, you know, 30s. <laughs> literally <laughs> and uh so there was a lot of problems with that too it was just what everyone was used to and you know as far as the industry goes i think as a consumer the accessibility to music is obviously amazing and obviously a good thing and from what i know and i'm not an expert but from what i know people are actually spending just as much if not more on music as a whole as they ever were in the history mm. of the world Right. Um, the problem is, is the money's not getting to the people making the music, mm. right? But I personally am a optimist when it comes to this, and I think we're just in a growing pain place, right? Where okay. the old, the old, the the old dudes that own the music industry, you know, they're ho holding on to as much as they can, but if, that's not going to last people aren't going to stand for it and i just i really do see a lot of positives i think there are ways to structure a streaming model that would pay people correctly um and i think you know there's a million people with a million ideas that probably are all better than what is happening right now <laughs> but like a lot of things in this country and in the world you know um less than one percent of the people are controlling everything and right. oh, wow. um, and they're doing it in their best interest and not everyone else's. Um, yeah. Right. But on the positive side of just technology in general, I've always been one to get the tools that the tools that we need to make music and distribute music should be cheaper and better and in the hands of everybody that wants them. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think the more the merrier. I don't I don't think music, let alone any sort of creative expression, should be something that has an elitist uh, posture to it. I think it should be right. everyone has something to say. Everyone um, has the ability to explore that expressive space in their life. Absolutely. And, you know, some of the best music in the last 10 years has come out of people's bedrooms with a laptop and um it it's inspiring to me a lot of people in my generation and older that make music they get resentful of this and it mm -hmm. does the opposite of inspire right and yeah. i'm not trying to toot my own horn when i say this but i've always been and i've said this a lot so if i sound like a broken record pun intended um because <laughs> i am uh I don't think that I, th I, th I think that everyone has something to offer. I think I can learn something from anyone that I work with, regardless of their age or level of experience, because we all have a different view of how to create. And I just think that the, the easier it gets, the more exciting it gets. 
Yeah. I really, I really believe that. Um, and when I say easier, I mean, you know, it used to cost tens of thousands of dollars. When I first started making music, if you wanted anything that could make anything remotely professional, it was tens of thousands of dollars investment and, a, and very bulky gear. Right. You know, I made my first 50 to or 60 albums to tape to two inch tape. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, what, how far the technology has come and the accessibility of, uh, the interfaces and the software and the, all that is just super exciting to me because <laughs> it creates right. this giant collaborative network of people across the world and we can all learn from each other and we can all be, sit back and be amazed at some self-taught teenager that is killing all these dudes that have been and that have been doing it for 50 years and yeah. i personally think that's exciting and when I say dudes, it is not a gender specific. Uh, <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so, and uh, so to me, it's exciting. Um, I think what's difficult is, you know, when you look at, you know, I personally have a, a song that is one of my solo songs that, you know, has like a, a few million streams. And I personally have made probably about $100 off of that song. Oof. Yeah. And you know, and that some of the, um when in in fact if you look at all the numbers, it doesn't necessarily doesn't doesn't necessarily need to be more money. Uh or as much as you think it would be. But also the money's not getting distributed correctly. And that that's something if you want to yeah. go if if anybody listening to this is interested in this, if you want to go online and do some research and look up just kind of where the money goes when you when you pay your however much it is now for your spotify or apple music subscription or amazon or whatever you use where does that money go who's getting that you know go check that out and look at that and look at why why is it being distributed that way and um it's very interesting and enlightening and depressing <laughs> but uh I just think, you know, with this new, these new systems, these new ways of doing things, um, if you look at, I, I like to use social media as an example, you know, if you look at like Friendster and then MySpace and then Facebook and then you see these things where you think, okay, MySpace is never going to die. It's it. They did it. They, they invented <laughs> social media. That's it. Right. And then along comes something new and something new and the, uh, this new way of doing it. And I hope that, you know a new way of doing it is on the horizon and um, yeah. and that you know people are going to be able to figure out a way for everybody to get just what is fair out of it yeah. you know um and cuz I'd love to stop whining about it that'd be sweet <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Matt, I don't know if Matt, that answers you, your question yeah uh, no i think it does a whole lot yeah definitely i appreciate your thoughts on that i mean you're you're really well positioned to get some some good insight in that for sure matthew you're you're you know you're doing this you know you're going out you're making records you're touring uh, obviously in 2022 there's a lot of promotion self-promotion that goes into all of that i mean you know how do you what what are kind of your strategies how how do you um you know get out there um, how do you generate new fans? I mean, just talk to me about touring, you know, in 2022. Uh, I haven't done much touring this year, but but I can talk to you 
So Aaron was talking about a lot of the great things about about all this, and it, it, I think when it comes from a uh, artistic standpoint, I would 100% agree with him. I think when it comes to the business side of music, I think the way that things have changed and um, is a little it sucks and it's a little frustrating um you know the, the he's talking about the myspace and stuff too like as soon as we have a new platform and as soon as you think you got a handle on it there's a new one and you got to relearn you know and and then once you get that then there'll be another one and i think that um right now the most frustrating thing for me would just be that that you have to hit like it's great that everyone can record a song and release it today you know I think that's amazing. But what it also does is cause a problem that now there are so many people doing the same thing that how do you stand out and uh, that we're all in the same playing field and how do you stand out that you have to hit everything and everywhere all at once and be to, and do something authentic and do something that uh, seems very real, uh, but yet also can't be because it, you're, you're, you know, when I, um, released Everest, I hired a PR firm to do my PR for me, my uh, personal relations, uh, get me interviews, reviews, all that kind of stuff. They gave me a, a booklet on um, social media, and they said that I need to make at least three posts a day on um, all social media platforms, and that they need to be engaging and, um, you know, like not just posting something, but asking questions and wanting people to answer things. And from an artist standpoint, like, I just want to write, record and yeah. music, you know, like, create music. Yeah. 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 But <laughs> you gotta jump through all these hoops. That's not really a thing anymore. And since labels, you, no one needs a label anymore. And even if you do have one, they're usually, as Aaron also pointed out, sucking money off of you, you know, that the best way to do it is doing it yourself. But if you do it yourself, you also have to do everything, you know, budgeting, marketing, right. you know, booking. And, um, it really is. It's, uh, and I, I hope I'm not saying like a negative thing. Like it, it is exciting and it is great, but it also comes with its challenges and it's really frustrating. I mean, Aaron and I have had many hours conversations about like, what's the best way to do this. And I think what's great is there isn't a best way to do it. We're in the wild west. We do whatever. And what works today might not work tomorrow, you know, and what works for me might not work for him and vice versa. Um, and I think that's great because you just follow your heart and you be authentic and you're real and you do what's best for you. And, um, but it does, does come with its challenges. It is aggravating. And then when it comes to touring and stuff and playing shows, I think if you want people's butts and seats, you need to make an event, not just a show. You, right. People, people don't care about shows. People are going to f festivals more and they're going to yeah. things that are events because they want to take photos and post on their Instagram or, or put it on their TikTok. They want to make be like, I was here. That's all they right. care about. I went to the cool thing. They don't care about getting away because we live in a culture where everybody wants to be Kim Kardashian. They don't want to be, they don't want to just have a cathartic experience without their phone where they're living in a moment and something touched them. That does still happen and can still happen. And sometimes gets people even when they weren't there for reason, but but that's that's how you have to book a tour too is have to build something where people are there not really you know for the music but for the event you know right that yeah my well said matthew <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh i wanted to ask <laughs> okay sorry go ahead no you're good um i wanted to ask aaron i'm you know we've mentioned your brother a little bit he's a fantastic drummer he's played with 
and poor old Lou. And then you produce records that he's played in demon hunter, dead poetic. Uh, you know, we all love family, but it can be cool too. Is working with your brother in a band or producing records that he's playing on, is that easy or has there been some tension there? And the question is just a shout out that your brother's awesome. But I also <laughs> wanted to ask you about that. No comment. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, right, right that's good. <laughs> uh, we move on. No. No. Um, no, I mean, my brother and I grew up, uh, you know, we were, we played our first music together. You know, he, he's only a year and a half younger than me. And, you know, we spent our formative years making and creating music together. So, you know, being that close and being siblings, um, we, of course, had immense tension <laughs> uh, between us. Um, and, uh, you know, we've we've struggled with some over the years as well. But when I have brought, you know, I brought him in uh, on the on the first uh, couple Demon Hunter records. I brought him in on the uh, Dead Poetic records. Um, he actually played on a Cutlass record um, for me. Really? Uh huh. And uh, love love Cutlass. And well, back in the day, you know, he and I, I did a project a few years ago to. Together called Blank Books. It's an EP we put out. Um, it's That's just good. the two of us. Um, it really felt went under the radar. It was my first self-release thing that I'd ever done. And uh, if you haven't heard it, please go check it out. I think you might like it. But anyway, he, you know, he is just honestly, you know, I've worked with a lot of drummers, and he really truly is one of the best drummers I've ever worked with. And, you know, ha having nothing to do with being family. Um, in fact, the way our relationship has been, sometimes I would be less likely to say that because he's my brother. But, uh, <laughs> 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 and I really hope he hears me say that because he'll think it's hilarious. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's there can be tension with anybody you work with, you know, yeah. uh, especially when you're the producer because you, you're like sometimes have to tell people that they need to, do it different or it wasn't good enough or um you know it, it took me years to get used to that role as a producer because i was just a guy right. in bands that could you know engineer and had a good ear for this or that and then i had to learn the all the psych psychology of being a producer as i went but um yeah and i mean i'd say in the last you know 10 15 years working with my brother's just been awesome like in every capacity i've got a cool. story to tell yeah about. yeah um, yeah when i recorded uh my album without heroes with him i came to new york where he lived and i was there for a long weekend and we recorded uh, his drum parts and we had it all done and it was uh i think it was the very last night uh we were kind of shutting out for the night and i think we had like one song left or something like that we we're gonna do the next day and we listened to it and we realized that he had like downloaded the songs to the wrong uh whatever it was it basically he was playing them to slower rather than the right tempo oh, the sampling frequency oh wow. yeah yeah it was off and so yeah. he had to re-record all of them and i was only going to be there for one more day and and of course he's frustrated so we went out that night and whatever came back the next morning and he did 12 songs that day. And I believe, because I heard 
the original and that he did even better and and just killed it i mean like almost one takes like just the wow. determination of him and him like just going in there and like all right i'm, I'm gonna do this and like just killed it and and what is Channel on the this anger yeah yeah it was <laughs> oh, but like what you hear is is one day of drumming when he had four you know and uh i he's just he's incredible that is wow. such a great story matthew uh his uh, kind of open Good job. i was just gonna have one last comment on jesse his opening uh drum and infected is still one of my favorite intros to a song ever there that's you go. awesome yeah matthew you're here in uh, georgia what do you enjoy about being here in the peach state um what do you enjoy about uh, either the music scene or or the nature or whatever it may be? What do you enjoy about being here? I hate it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> one kind of move and go to Nashville. I, the humidity. We I can tell you what we don't like. One of the things is it's. I mean, it's it feels like it's 90 degrees outside today. But yeah, yeah. Um, I grew up here um, and I moved away for 12 years. I lived in North Carolina and then Louisiana. And my wife and I moved back here in 2018 and. Um, yeah, there's lots of great things about Georgia as a state. I, I love hiking, uh, which honestly I'd never really done until the pandemic happened. And it's like, what do you do where you can't be around people? And my anxious spirit needed to move. So, uh, right. I became a great pastime. And I love that I live in the city and within two miles I can go and find um, hiking. There's a hiking trail that's right on the river, has a bamboo mm-hmm. forest, you know, and it has elevation and stuff that's, you know, right here in the city limits, you know, like wow. in Louisiana, it's all flat and there's hardly anything that you can go climbing and then def, you know, big cities don't usually have stuff like that. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, go to New York, you got Central Park and that's it, you know. Um, but uh, I like that. I, I like, uh, I grew up a huge uh, Braves fan. So I love being able to be close enough to go see Braves games. Um, the music scene here, I'm have, because of moves in 2018. Um, and then my brother passed again in 2019. And then we had a pandemic for a year. Right. I lost a lot, you know, Yeah, trying to get, but I, I'm slowly finding my footing here. And I will say that like, they, we've got some really great musicians and there is a camaraderie. There is a, a, a lot of people that are willing to help each other. And, I do like that a lot as well. Um, it's obviously nice to be close to my musician friends that lived here again and my family. Um, yeah. I like food, Southern food. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I love, I love the hiking too. I started doing that during the pandemic. I moved here. I started making March one of 2020 and then the pandemic happened and people were like, Hey, what do you think of Georgia? I'm like the view from the inside of my house is pretty cool, I guess, but that's, (laughs) that's pretty much it. Aaron, are you are you in are you still on the Pacific Coast? Or are you are you have you come? No, I moved. Um, I moved to Tennessee okay, in twenty twelve. Okay, yeah. okay, very cool, very cool. Yeah, yep. Past seven thousand. Good job, guys. Hey, good job. Oh, look at that! Fantastic. So that's awesome. Do we have to, went through the giveaways, Dad? Uh, we, um, we, if you give this hour, then, um, you'll be entered and then we do them during the week. So we'll, okay. and I'll get with, I'll get with Matt and, and Aaron and let them know, you know, who the, who the winner was for their, uh, for their yeah. albums. 
So, um, yeah, we're had, starting to get toward. Sarah give, I had Sarah give this hour so I could maybe win some. <laughs> yeah, you can win. Uh, I don't think you're eligible, but I'm sure we could work something out. It's but, fine. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, so I, I, had a, I had a couple of quick things. I know um, the boys still have a couple of questions. We've got a little more time too. But uh, so one thing I wanted to mention uh, real quick is um, both you guys, I have been um, uh, obsessed with a couple of your uh, songs. And I think you guys have even talked about how you can get obsessed with a a particular song. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Aaron, I've I've listened to Forty Years probably five hundred times. Uh, oh. So, I know you get point one or whatever. So, I, I'm trying to I'm contributing to that. But uh, I've, that's such a great song. Everybody, everybody needs to go out, get on your Spotify or Apple or whatever, pull up Aaron's song Forty Years, and uh, it is. It is so awesome. And then my other thank you so thing much. is I've got oh you bet. And I've got this other earworm, as I call it, because I, I find that I'll, I'll wake up in the morning and I'm I'm singing suddenly off of Matt's uh, EP. <laughs> um, did, is it called O five twenty two or is there a different name for it, Matt? What's no, the five twenty two? Yeah. Okay, O five twenty two. But that there's something. And you guys know this because you've you've been around music your whole life, but uh, and my boys too. Is you there's something about certain songs that are like, I don't know. It just like gets caught in you. Oh yeah, and, you know. And there's one of Aaron's songs, uh, "Carelessness," gets stuck in my head. Oh wow, all the time, man. Great song. Like song. there's oh, something yeah. like there is something that's just kind of. Um, it just kind of, I don't know, that's just so organic about the way that that song kind of just, you know, right. the, the way that that song works. And that it's got, it, I mean, it had, it just has a long shelf life in my brain. So great work on that. Thanks. That's awesome. Yeah. That's very true. And speaking um, of that, Aaron, you've, oh, go ahead, Dad. No, go ahead. You're good. Well, I was, yes, I know you've, I mean, you've produced everything from Amberlynn to Zayao and all these genres. Do you. Yeah. There's a different, you know, so, and I know this is kind of a general question, but your electric, I mean, just varied genres of music. Um, what do you have to do to approach that? Do you just listen to a lot of their music beforehand or do you have to listen to other bands kind of in that genre to get in that mood or how do you approach those different genres producing them? Yeah. So not really for, for, so I don't know this I can only speak to my experience, right? Um and for me I'm really relying if if if, if you know kind of like what I was talking about with the, with the question. Um if if an artist's sound or or scene is something that's a little out of my scope, I really rely on them to keep it there. And what I try what I try to bring is what is naturally in and try to bring um, creativity, melody, accessibility, and just really unearthing what's there, finding um, where the song is asking to go, what what it wants. And but on the other on the other hand, I I personally listen to a really wide variety of music. Um, Makes sense. I always have. You know, I I've told this story a million times, but the first time I ever bought a CD um, 
I bought two CDs and I bought The Cure, Disintegration, and Buddy Holly's Greatest Hits at the same time. And um, <laughs> at the same and time, that's a really yeah, the same. You know, I was a teenager and I bought both of those CDs. <laughs> right. And so that's a good example of like, uh, kind of where my and you know, like it, it's funny because you were guys were talking about earworms in my. <laughs> this is like really sort of embarrassing, but my Spotify wrap up, my number one song of. This year was yeah. Justin, Bie- Justin Bieber ghost. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I love it. And I, you like, like, how did I, oh, how did that get there? And like, no, and, and, and it was funny it because it was just like a couple What's months that? where I listened to that song like five times a day, just over and over and over. Cause the melodies in that song are unbelievable. And I completely crazy. forgot about it. I don't even listen. I haven't listened to it song. in months, you know? Um, but yeah. And, and then, but my number one band is this, you know, Northern Irish kind of punk band called Fontaines, and they're they're and they have they've been like for the last three years my number one band um, on Spotify. But yeah, so that's part of what is exciting to me about making records and making music with people is just the diversity, just all the different ways of expressing music and and pulling from all of those in the same place, you know, pulling right. from all these different melodies and tones and sounds and emotions that I've gotten from all the different music I've listened to and and being inspired and thinking out, outside of the box when I'm making um music with other people. Right. Absolutely. That's awesome. I love that. Awesome. Hey, uh real quick I know we're running low on time but I just wanted to mm-hmm. well first and foremost say it was really a privilege to speak to both of you and um Aaron you've had such a huge impact on on our lives musically and I've seen a million of the bands that you guys have produced and, and listen to the records over and over and warm out. So it really is a, a, a huge honor to be able to speak to you. Just want to thank you genuinely for the work that you do, man. It, it really oh, does matter to a lot of people. Um, and it's help me through good thing. Ever. Help me through good times and help me through bad times and brings mm. me help connect me to, to my family and to new people and all those things. So, wow. Thank you. That is just, you you just have no idea how much that means to hear that seriously yeah. like it's it's the it's the reason you know that yeah. emotional human connection is the reason for all of yeah. it so yeah well it it's so many of those so many great moments for particularly me and my brother um which is why we want to do this but yeah just fantastic Thank you. i i also just want to real quick and maybe start with matthew and then Aaron. what's what's kind of the next thing that you guys are, are working on or how can we kind of keep up with you or, you know, if you want to pitch anything, you know, I'd love to hear it. So Matthew, what, what album should we go check out? Are you going to be playing somewhere near me soon or what's going, how can we keep, keep up with you? Okay. Let me get my checklist out here. Um, <laughs> Put on your PR hat, Matthew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, f- for the podcast, we just released a new episode today uh, about the holidays. So you can go check that out. It's uh, Aaron and I talk about the difference between, uh, how we were raised with the holidays and how we celebrate now and um, on all that kind of stuff. So that's everywhere you want to get podcasts. You can follow Moon Traveling um, on uh, Instagram and Facebook. It's Moon Traveling Podcast. Um, you can also check us out on uh, Anchor FM. Uh, we have a Patreon. Join. Uh, we do special things. Right now we are um, – I sent out a, a message to them. We're trying to work out doing a live uh get together with them uh, for an hour or something like this with people uh, to ask anything and just hang out for about an hour. And then um, personally, uh, 
uh, Pacifico. We released two singles for my next album with videos. You can watch those and check those out uh, on the so streaming. They're good. Yep. Thank you. And um, yeah, and then got really two good. more videos coming in January and two more singles. And then the album comes out in February. Um, you can pre-order the album and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, and then the label I have is putting out a Starflyer uh, tribute compilation with bands like Squaw Five O. Huntington's, uh, Jesse Sprinkle, uh, myself, um, and many, many more. Um, there, it comes out in two weeks on the 16th. And, um, the vinyl is sold out, but I guess I'll say here we have five copies left that I will put up to, for sale on the day of release, as well as uh, some other little goodies uh, to celebrate. And we, I think we're going to do a listening party online as well. Uh, so there's that. And um yeah if you're in the atlanta area i'm gonna do an album release show in february and maybe nice. some tour next summer um aaron and i are gonna record some more episodes in in january and hang out at some point and i think that's it for me you can find pacifico anywhere pacifico rock one word i may um, have to slip i may have to see if i can buy one of those albums off you matthew for star starflyer was in the top for my spotify rap this year so nice. i might maybe work something out behind the scenes <laughs> <laughs> really one of the best comps that uh it's the best starflyer comp that you know it's right 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 i love it aaron what you got going on brother so um yeah i released um a single early this year called 40 years and then i just released another one last month called the river um i'm yep. kind of moving to a single based flow for the time being um, I work full time as, as a composer for a music licensing company called Soundstripe, um, and I've been doing that for five years. I've made hundreds of songs for them for film and for oh, wow. licensing cool. uh, royalty free music. And uh, so I do that full time. And then I've got a kind of secret big project I can't talk about right now <laughs> um, that I'm just absolutely thrilled about. I cannot handle that i can't talk about it it's really upsetting nobody's listening go for it I'm <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah doing some new music with acceptance um got a few cool. songs in the works with them and um just looking forward to this new year i think there's just a lot of really fun stuff happening i'm really excited about so yeah and you just and yeah you can just go to aaronsprinklemusic.com or aaron sprinkle on any social media if you want to yeah, and he just had a. You can buy his uh, plugins, right? Oh yeah, I did uh, team up with a company called STL Tones. Um, I came out with an expansion pack for. Um, it's sort of a channel strip plugin for mixing and creating music. Um, it does. It's a little bit more technical than that. It's easy to use, but it's an. It's a, actually an. It's a profile. Um, it profiles the actual settings that i use to make my music um so yeah that is really exciting that was just released on black friday um is that for like kemper to... or um no the, it's it's the same concept as kemper but okay. for compressor eq all that stuff actual effects for gotcha. mixing exactly gotcha. concept. Okay. um okay and then cool. i am going to be doing a guitar tone pack for them um next year as well so nice yeah. Yeah. So I mentioned earlier about protocols. I was like, oh, that's getting it's getting technical there. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, uh, thanks. 
thank you to my boys for, for being along. I'm very proud of you. And uh, um, I know this was uh, a, a moment that worked when I, I told them I was having you guys on. They're like, oh, can, 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 we, can we be on too? <laughs> like, sure. If, why if not? If only 14-year-old Josh knew. <laughs> yes. It, yeah. If I was to tell them back then, it's like, you can get, get to meet. Vir, you know, virtually with Aaron Sprink, uh, Aaron Sprinkle, and they'd be like, "What? That's pretty amazing." So, yeah, they're they're been awesome, and uh, guys, it's been uh, been wonderful. Thank you so much for working with us, and um, on the weird hour we've got for you guys. I know it's late, so we're gonna we'll let y'all go. We're gonna bring in our our next hour, so um, we're gonna do that, and we're gonna. Ch- totals and again um been wonderful uh having you guys on board and uh yeah there's our next hour so that's very cool thanks so much and, great uh, to meet you all appreciate you thanks, yeah thanks, thanks, thank you bye matt bye jesse